This is the Rock and Roll Autopsy Podcast. I'm going to zap her again. Charge up the paddles. Come on, let's go, let's go. Sorry, Doctor. Hold the compressions. Clear. Straight line. Good evening and welcome to Rock and Roll Autopsy. We are the Forensic Files on your radio dial. My name is Scott, and have we got a great show for you tonight? No, we don't. Damn it, the phone is ringing again. It's the request line. All right, let's pick it up. W-R-N-R-A, East of the Rockies. Hey, Breather, what's going on, man? Your 2010 iPhone 4 stopped working? Those greedy assholes. Talk about planned obsolescence. How are you going to listen to the podcast? What do you mean you're going to rent the latest episode from Blockbuster? Listen, you called the request line. Is there a song you'd like us to perform an autopsy on? Piece of Crap? By Neil Young and Crazy Horse? You got it. All right, buckle up, gang. The subject of our rock and roll autopsy tonight will be Piece of Crap by the godfather of grunge, Neil Young. We'll get the show started after these very important messages from our sponsors. The man and the band and historic night. Cherry Co. Concert Series presents Neil Young and Crazy Horse, Saturday, November 8th. Neil Young and Crazy Horse. Tickets at Rainbow Ticketmaster Office, including all major Sears, Saturday, November 8th at Reunion Arena. Q102 welcomes the man in the band. Neil Young and Crazy Horse. Breaking news! Is this garbage you're watching? I want to watch the news. This is the news. All right, gang, we've got our intrepid rock and roll beat reporter on the line, Rico Gnu with the good news. Rico, how are you, sir? No, nasty today. Nothing notable is going on, which is neither here nor there. So why don't we get started with the news? Sounds great. Okay. So anytime, like, so I, as we all know, I am a big music fan. I've played, I've, you know, played music. Yada, yada, that, we all know that. But I also like to nerd out with some science, which is why this podcast is so great, because this podcast is all science, no opinion. We, we've discussed this many times and anytime I can inject a story that involves science with music, it's just going to tickle my fancy. So did you know, Scott, did you know that AI can now predict if a song will be a hit with 97% accuracy? Did you know that? I did whenever you sent me the link. <laughs> yes all right so this is cool man like this is boy i feel like we could probably do like four episodes on the implications of this but so um claremont graduate university okay um they authored a study which was published which gives it credibility anytime something is published scott that means it's got it holds weight these kind of things, it doesn't matter if it's science or literature or anything else. If you are a graduate student or a group of students and, and staff at a university and you do a study and you get it fucking published, 
that it's that means it's real okay so this thing was actually published in frontiers and in artificial intelligence which is probably a trade journal um the 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 study was uh, i've got it i have to take a little bit of time with this and if we don't get to the other news item then i'm okay with that because i want to make sure and explain this um what they did was they applied machine learning to neurophysiological data in order to predict if a song will be a hit or not so what they did was the neural activity of 33 people can predict if millions of other listeners to new songs will like the song or not so this is how it worked so what they did um they outfitted so they they you know anytime you do a study that's like when you have the little pull tab papers at the gym or at the student union do you want to participate in this study and then you can get paid for it like and and that's what this so they had participants they outfitted them with all, they call them off the shelf sensors i'm not sure what that means but they had them listen to a set of 24 new songs then researchers gathered the data on they gathered various data points on their preferences and they probably interviewed them afterwards and corroborated them with whatever the sensors were picking up you know what i mean so if a sensor was super high in this one category that matched up with whatever song they said they liked then that was a positive correlation right so the brain signals were collected um, to reflect the brain signals they collected reflect the activity of the brain network associated with the mood and energy levels that they were experiencing when they were listening to certain songs. Okay. So once they collected the data, then they applied different statistical methods to the data to evaluate the predictive accuracy of the neurophysiological variables. You're with me on this? So Which, far, yes. Yeah. So this facilitated a direct comparison of the models okay so then what they did they applied a machine learning model that was trained to test various algorithms because that's what ai really is scott sidebar ai is not really ai because like chat gpt will right now will never be able to pass the touring test and in my opinion if the, if, a, if a machine can pass the touring test then it's ai but it's nothing more than a very sophisticated computer that runs a bunch of algorithms and gathers data along the way in order to come up with a response that's not ai but that's what everybody calls ai anyways so they applied a machine learning model that was trained to test various algorithms aiming for the highest predictive outcomes over which new songs would become hits okay you with me still well, hold on. What yeah. are how are they defining a hit? Uh, uh, like, uh, is that just simply a song that someone would agree to add to a playlist? Is that what a hit is, or is it a song that's going to sit at number one on the charts for like you know fifty two weeks? Uh, I think what they're defining as a hit is a song for to to in its simplest terms a song that's gonna get a lot of listens on spotify for example like okay. a song that a lot of people are gonna like because when i think a hit i think like Def leopard hysteria michael jackson thriller you know uh huey lewis in the news you know songs right. that are sitting at number one on billboard for weeks on end or i think of albums that move insane number of units right and that's right, how i that but when i read this article it, it yeah. seemed like a hit was more does someone add this to their playlist right and you can measure that because the the more times a song is added to like every time a song is added to a playlist they can measure that and every time a song is listened to they they can measure that and so their definition of a hit is how many times a song was interacted with for lack of a better term does that make sense like billboard charts you know those old school charty kind of things a lot of times that's just you know talking heads saying how good they think a song is and then they throw it on a list kind of like a power ranking for example but this okay so let's get this explains so i think this is more a function of 
how many times a song is interacted with on a streaming service, for example, which is really, really, really measurable. So the findings uh, were compelling, to use their words. By the way, this is an article from uh, written by Eric Rawls uh, today um, on uh, this is on MSN News. So uh, so what they found was um, a linear statistical model pinpointed the songs with a 69% success rate. So this is just the statistical models that they got from the people that participated in the study. So they got the information from the participants and they crunched and the people putting on the study who conducted the study crunched a bunch of numbers on their own and they were able to predict with a 69% success rate if a song was going to be a hit or not. Here's the interesting part though. But when the machine learning was applied to this to this process with the same data and the same information the success rate shot all the way up to 97 percent how about that now here's here's the interesting part when they applied this information and the machine learning even to just the first minute of the song they still had an 82 percent success rate with the just the first minute of the song that so so that so that is the explanation of this so now is this how does this affect things now that an ai can predict if a song is going to be popular or not okay well first of all let's wake the audience back up because (laughs) that was a lot of science and i'm certain everyone has turned the podcast off nobody's Um, listening to this anymore i'm really sorry about that Rico loves this stuff, but our science usually revolves around Vince Neil's dick, not this. <laughs> and so I'm sure we've lost everyone. So if you're still with us, thank you. Um, listen, this is where maybe uh, you said we could do four episodes on this. I couldn't do two minutes on this. Um, this whole, I'm already fried on the AI thing. I'm already fried on it. And I will say that it's a lose-lose for me as a person because if I say, let me put it this way, if if I say I like it, I'm lying. And, you know, and if I say I don't like it, then I'm just an out-of-touch old man. So it's really like a lose-lose for me. I can't really have a discussion and then not only that but i'm pretty much 99 percent. talk about statistical probability i'm pretty much 99 percent sure <laughs> that it's going to wipe out my job in the next five years so i'm not overly thrilled about a lot of this you know so i spent a lot of time reading about it because i have to because it's going to affect the industry i work in but i do so with just like i'm just sick about it it's like an episode of black mirror to me i've I can't talk about this for four episodes. So go ahead. You got your hand up. Here's the, here's the part that I left out, which is why the, which is why I also have an issue with this, what they call neuro forecasting. So this person suggests that emerging wearable neuroscience technologies could streamline the entertainment options for audiences it will be able to tailor new songs and other offerings to individual neurophysiology that bothers me a lot so they're going to tell you what you what they think you're going to want to listen to based on your neurophysiologic so you're because your brain waves fart out in a certain way you're going to like these certain songs so that's what we're going to suggest for you that's what i have a big problem with which takes out the desire to try something new and go out of your box and expand your horizons a little Interesting. bit that's yeah the, that's why i have a problem with this Wow, that's a really good that's a really good point. I hadn't really thought about that. That's a that's an interesting angle of looking at it. It's all very fascinating. You can't fight it. So you have to learn how to you're not gonna fight, I guess, quote fingers, progress. So you gotta learn to kind of coexist with it and maybe hopefully use it in a way that benefits yourself or uh humanity, you know, at large. But for me, again, man, I mean, if I say I like it. Um, 
lying. And if I say I hate it, I'm just an out of touch old man. So this stuff is just a lose lose for me. So I, I, I've spent, you wouldn't believe the amount of time I've laid in bed at night looking at my phone while my wife's falling asleep reading about AI. So I read this whole article. You did a great job of laying it out. You highlighted everything I would have highlighted. But man, I honestly, it's, it's, it's too soon for me to even be able to opine. I do think, though, that it's going to ultimately, due to the white-collar world, what automation did to the blue-collar world, I think it's going to wipe out a shit ton of jobs in the Agreed. very, very near future, and it's only going to get better. So if it's already predicting it, like, for this thing, you know, in all aspects, it's only going to get better, people. So, yeah, I mean, th be interesting. Yeah, think of it in this term. So, so the internet observes your browsing history and tailors ads based on your browsing history. That's exactly what this is, except instead of them monitoring your browsing history, they're monitoring your neurophysiology and and giving you songs that they think you're going to want to listen to based on your neurophysiology, which that's some scary fucking shit right there. So... <laughs> So, anyways, you want about, to listen to Steel Panther? Yeah, be, because you have an alpha wave that's point ninety two on the scale. Then Steel Panther is a song for you. But maybe I want to listen to something different. Because right? you have an erection, you're gonna want to listen to Steel Panther. I mean, I know that's why I listen to Steel Panther. But um, so our so um, Iron Maiden, dude. Iron Maiden has been snubbed by the Rock Hall of Fame. For how long now? For a long time, right? Oh, yeah. I think their first record, you're eligible 25 years after your first record. And I think their first record came out in 79 or 80. So they're okay, way so plus it says So they're like at least 20 years, right? Yep. 20, 25 years? Yep. So so this is out of uh, Loudwire. Um, and um, so Bruce Dickinson has put in his two cents about being snubbed from the Rock Hall of Fame. Uh, do, do you want to know what he has to say? Lay it on me, man. He says, we don't give a monkey's ass, is what he said. <laughs> we don't give a monkey's ass. I'm going to read the quote. We don't give a monkey's ass because the people that, that get us are not the people that run the music business establishment. I can't speak it in British accent, so this will be in an American accent. Whatever that is, because this is largely run by people that can't make a living doing anything else. I don't want to be in the Rock Hall of Fame, exclamation point, because we're not dead yet, exclamation point. Some people feel almost actively threatened to buy metal not by the nature of the music but by the fact that it doesn't conform to their worldwide view of what pop music should be which is pop music is disposable darling well we don't make disposable pop music is that just is you just have sour grapes it it does kind of sound like you're looking to make like a necessity out of virtue right i mean it's like you're just hey we can't have it so we'll dislike it um I don't know, man. I think Iron Maiden belongs, but I've read many articles after this latest snub from insider people who say that largely the voters who are the insiders, not forget the fan vote, it doesn't fucking matter, but the insiders, the people who really call the shots at the Rock Hall, largely just don't understand heavy metal and look down on it. So it's going to be an uphill battle for any heavy metal bands to get into the rock hall. And I totally believe that because I think that I think that's evident. And even bands who aren't heavy metal bands like Rush are a part of heavy metal history. And so they get that stink on them as well. And it affects their inductability, which I think is why they were, you know, because a lot of people who don't really know or understand heavy metal consider Rush a heavy metal band. And so they were, they were forced to wait, you know, an extraordinary amount of time. So yeah, I, I think there is some truth to it, you know, um, and I do think your point is valid. It is a little bit, in my opinion of sour grapes, but you know, they let's be real, man. These cats are getting up there. So if they're going to put them in while they're still around not to show up, then uh, maybe they need to do it quick. But I, I'm not going to hold my breath. No, I mean, they put Dolly Parton in the Hall of Fame before um, Iron Maiden. So, I mean, that, that tells you all you need to know. Um, I think it's the biggest joke that 
and I've heard some of the tracks off of her rock album, but it yeah. should tell you all you need to know that she was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and made her first rock album after the fact as a reaction to that. <laughs> I, I, and, and not only that, but went out of her way to try to get out of being inducted into the right. Hall of Fame. So that that's a really good point, man. And she tried to like say, "Hey, please don't do this," and they did it anyway because yeah. she she didn't want to take someone else's spot because she's a right. class act. And then she went out and cut a rock record. So in a way, <laughs> if I was in the rock hall, I'd be kind of embarrassed about that, you know? Well, yeah, I want to know what back channel <laughs> discussions took place to convince her to do it. That's what I want to know. Uh, I don't. Anyways, well, we're gonna take a quick break. Um, and when we get back, we're going to talk about a person who is widely regarded as the godfather of grunge. That's, uh, that'd be Neil Young. So we'll be right back. Before you go, if you like heavy metal and stories, then you'll love Battle of the Bands, the narrative form metal podcast that unpacks the biggest rivalries in rock and metal history. Season one took in Megadeth versus Metallica. And season two went across the divide to explore the beef between Judas Priest and Iron Maiden. It's like business wars, but metal. Find Battle of the Bands wherever you listen to your podcasts or visit battleofthebandspod.com. We are gathered here to remember rock and roll. Rock was born the rambunctious son of country, western, and blues. In the year of our Lord, 1955. On this day, the birth of rock and roll, gifted under the world a gyrating pelvis, a throbbing beat, and a pulsating rhythm, a sound so infectious and rollicking that it would endow previously scrupulous young minds with identity, individualism, and purpose, thus setting forth a multi-generational pursuit of all that is loud, debaucherous, and unholy. But, sadly, like all earthly endeavors, rock too must perish. Oh, we mourn the loss of rock and roll, with its ridiculously old standard bearers still on tour and charging ungodly amounts of mad jack to witness their long-past-the-sell-by-date asses on stage, and with its chauvinism, misogyny, and whiteness no longer aligning with modern sensibilities, and with its aging, fist-shaking fan base kicking every would-be rocker off their proverbial lawn, rock has indeed passed into the celestial void. May rock rest in peace in eternal cacophonous slumber. Amen. Thank you for that, Scott. You are listening to the Rock and Roll Autopsy Podcast. The Autopsy Report. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. We're going to be talking peace of crap by neil young this is off the sleeps with angels album uh recorded and released well not recorded but released in uh 1994 um from uh let's see here i oh the label warner brothers there we go producer david briggs neil young uh this song is a sweet three minutes and 15 seconds but is it a piece of crap we'll find out did it kill rock We'll find out. Scott, take it away. Thank you very much for that rock and roll autopsy report. I didn't know whether we were doing the song piece of crap or just going over my last performance review at work, but Hi hey, um, Neil Young, man, I'm a big fan. I'm really curious to see where you come out on this because I honestly don't know and I'm a little nervous, but um, piece of crap. The song, the artist, Neil Young, Rock and Roll Autopsy. You said it, Rico. Did it kill rock and roll? Well, we here at Rock and Roll Autopsy, over 80 episodes, have used our proprietary scientific formula to find out 
if songs are guilty of killing rock and roll rico can the kids try this at home without parental supervision if they do they're they're gonna hurt themselves so uh, just don't do it you're not qualified you're gonna hurt yourself and just all you got to do is listen to us do all the hard work for you agree all right we've got five categories that get the job done category one is gratuitous boomerism category two excessive misogyny category three wanton whiteness category four malignant machismo and finally bringing up the rear in category five culture vulturism rico the song is piece of crap the artist neil young and crazy horse in the heart of the grunge era releasing a grunge album the category gratuitous boomerism i don't know where you're gonna go with this category i'm really curious it's uh, i'm on the edge of my seat here gratuitous boomerism piece of crap rico how do you score this 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 song is a big fucking giant get off my lawn dude this is like when i think of boomers i think of oh well back when i was in the day they didn't fucking make cars like they used to like when i drove a car back in the 60s the cars lasted forever and fucking the television lasted forever and i got out piece of shit liquid television now and you got this flat tv and they're always fucking broke and you always got to take your car to the shop because it's always broke dude i think i might need to give this a 1.0 for boomerism oh my gosh and that's exactly how i sound these days as i complain about (laughs) you know planned obsolescence with all the apple products that that just the battery just starts dying and can't hold a charge a whole day after it hits year you know year two and uh you know you gotta you gotta switch back to android dude your operating system is only going to be supported for five years and then we're going to stop giving you security updates and now man in my car you just have to go in for repairs and i'm starting to sound and then they're gonna and then they're gonna throttle your phone to force you to get a new one right yes they're doing it too i know they They are fucking do it oh and then when you're on your phone they give they they listen to you talk and they fuck and tailor ads to your to your <laughs> conversations and i can't just have a private conversation anymore without my fucking phone giving me ads telling me what i was talking about in a fucking piece of shit operating system back when i was in the day and i used a rotary phone and i used my finger and i did the little spinny thing and that's when i was able to make phone calls and i didn't have to worry about a new operating system whatever the hell that is that's right old man rico you are correct and i will agree for one thing let's establish neil young is a boomer he was born in 45 so he's a first year boomer um and so we'll i will give him the obligatory 0.5 and i will add an additional 0.5 to that i'm going to score this one as well you are spot on Uh, it's there's nothing more boomer than complaining about products the quality of products the time the lifespan of products who's making the products where the products oh are being God. made by, right? by the way i hope i hope i'm not over modulating on my old man ranch i hope so so that people added fucking mics i can't act like an idiot without the goddamn mic over modulating and me sounding like a fucking distorted mess why can't i just do my old man imitation and not have to worry about the mic over modulating but back in the day when i had real microphone i could be an asshole and not have to worry about over modulating but now i gotta worry about over modulating well, thankfully, we have the technology for future Scott to come in and offer an apology to the listeners if there's <laughs> copious amounts of overmodulating. All right. Oh, my God. I'm so Piece sorry, of crap. Please. Category two, excessive misogyny. And Rico, I have the lyrics available if you need some help in figuring out whether or not this song is guilty of excessive misogyny. Oh, I need help. All right. <laughs> I don't know if it's the kind you can give me, though, but hit me with some lyrics. Tried to save the trees, bought a plastic bag. The bottom fell out. It was a piece of crap. Piece of Saw crap. it. 
<laughs> Solid on the, you're going to get us hit with a copyright strike if you keep that. Oh, They're going to so Spotify sorry. is going to think we're playing the song if you keep. Oh, I it. can't even fucking imitate the song now without worrying about a goddamn copyright. And now Neil Young's going to send me a fucking cease and desist letter because I'm imitating him trying to be an old man boomer. Can't even do that. Back in the day, I can imitate somebody without having to worry about getting a fucking cease and desist. Sorry. Go ahead. Well, for what it's worth, Neil Young isn't even on Spotify because he's boycotting the platform because of Joe Rogan. <laughs> oh my God. Are we going to get through this? I, I hope so. I really do. <laughs> <All right. laughs> I'll start over. Tried to okay. save the trees, bought a plastic bag. The bottom fell out. It was a piece of crap. Saw it on the tube, bought it on the phone. Now you're home alone. It's a piece of crap. I tried to plug it in. I tried to turn it on. And when I got home, it was a piece of crap. Got it from a friend. On him, you can depend. I found out in the end, it was a piece of crap. I tried to save the trees. I saw it on TV. They cut the forest down to build a piece of crap. I went back to the store. They gave me four more. The guy told me at the door, it's a piece of crap. Excessive um, misogyny, Rico. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, fortunately for for him, I, I I have to score to zero because he doesn't really. I mean, unless he's talking about his ex wife or something that she's a piece of crap too. Then, I mean, if he's including that in there, then it would be a plus one. But he's not overtly mentioning him, her, or any other female for that matter. So, science, I got to give it a zero. Yeah, I agree. There's not none to be found here. I can't insert something in there that doesn't exist. So it's a right. zero as well. We'll just march on to yep. category three. Piece of crap, Neil Young off the what I think is a brilliant album, Sleeps with Angels. Rico, the category is wanton whiteness. Where do you come out on this one, my friend? Dude, again, this is wanton. How how white privileged of him to bitch about ancillary bullshit like this? Like, ah, oh, the fucking television's a piece of shit. Like, fucking people are starving, and it would be happy to have that black and white piece of shit television that you probably still have in your fucking brown and green decorated house, like like Archie goddamn fucking bunker in the seventies, because that's where you're stuck bitching about your your boomer shit. So yeah, dude. Um, I he gets a plus. One, well, he's white, so I'm gonna give him the the obligatory point five, and then just because he's bitching about ancillary bullshit, I'm gonna give him that other point five for being really white. Thank you, so and I'm gonna, gonna get a, a one point oh for me. Once again, you're brilliant. I, I'm gonna try to even take this to a different place. If, if you take a look at like, you would think of like, well, what's the opposite of like Neil Young music, right? Well, there's, there's uh, probably a few things, but if I think of like hip hop and rap, right. they celebrate opulence and excess and money, right? Sure and, do. In rap music, those, those things are celebrated. Okay. Sure do. And here we have someone kind of doing the opposite, right? And we know Neil Young has money, but he's not singing this from like a rich guy perspective. But this is not celebrating opulence or consumerism. I mean, hip hop just straight up celebrates consumerism. This is, you know, thousand dollar tennis shoes, right? This is the exact opposite. This is saying that everything I'm buying is just, just straight up garbage and a waste of money, right? So for that reason, just thinking of it in the terms of how other genres view these things, I'm going to go ahead and score this a big plus one for wanton whiteness. Did I make any sense there? Yeah, and it's funny. And, and I wish that I could give him five more points on wanton whiteness because I while you were talking, you know, this anti-consumerism, anti-establishment bullshit that he's spouting off in this song. Do you know that I just looked up what this guy is worth? Do you want to know how much he's worth? Oh, no. I, I just looked it up. You want to know anybody out there interested in in, in knowing how, how much Neil Young is worth? It's out there. You ready? You ready for this? Give me a guess. You tell me how much you think. He's um, worth. So I'm just going to I have no clue, but I'm just going to guess 50 million dollars. 
$200 million. Wow. You know where I got that? Get? Didn't we, we talked about this when we did money for nothing, right? Whenever we were trying to figure out what, um, I'm spacing on the guy's name, but the lead singer and guitar player in Mark Knopfler. Thank you. Yeah. We, we yeah. figured out what he was worth and he was like one of the richest dudes in England. Right. Yeah. So interesting. So he's 200 million bucks. 200. Wow. Yeah. This, yeah, this fucking C notes for you, motherfucker, instead of this notes for you, this fucking C notes for you, you know, that song that he did this notes yeah. for you. Yep. Yeah. All of his anti-consumerism, anti-establishment bullshit. Well, he's benefited nicely from all of that. Hasn't he now? Well, I can say with, I guess, some embarrassment now that you're shaming us Neil Young fans that he certainly has gotten my money on a number of occasions. <laughs> I purchased this album and loved it in 1994. I love Harvest Moon. I love, of course, the album Harvest. So I'm a big, I'm a pretty big Neil Young fan. So, um, and I, I try to play his songs on guitar. I think he writes brilliant lyrics. This isn't an example of it. But it's a fun in a in a record that let me actually not take credit for this. I was reading on songmeanings.com and someone Our made good a, friends at song meanings. We frequent them. Yeah, there's a couple funny comments. So give me a second here. So obviously the comments in here are people opining on what these songs right, can mean. Right. Well, while you're looking for that, I, I will be more than happy to give my Neil Young opinion later on in the podcast so look forward to that sure so one person says the song means buyer beware <laughs> another person says sometimes neil young writes brilliant songs songs that really speak to you and sometimes he writes this <laughs> <laughs> and then this person says where i can't find it at the moment but doggone it uh Well, I can't find the comment at the moment, but anyway, we'll just that move piece on. Piece of crap internet. It used to be a time where I could find the information faster, but now the piece of shit internet, I can't find the answer anymore. Sorry. Well, thank you for bailing me out of an awkward moment, but I, I will just <laughs> paraphrase it is that this yeah. maybe the purpose of this song is that it's a super morbid album uh, inspired by the death of Kurt Cobain, who, of course, quoted neil young in his suicide letter and also one of his friend's daughters was murdered in a, in a drive-by shooting which was the subject of the song drive-by on the album so it's a it's very much a downer which we talked about this when we did a live by pearl jam how grunge was just i think you said it's so goddamn depressing and this is a super depressing record which is why i love it but piece of crap is like that comic relief in the record. That's that three minute kind of like, let's take the, let's just lighten the mood here for three minutes in a 60, it's a 60 minute record. It has a 15 fucking minute song on it. Yeah. Well then and, why wait till, why wait till the song before the last song to throw in the comic relief then? Well, I get what you're saying, but I think though, it's just, and maybe maybe it's okay i'll give you that maybe it's not as good a point as i as i thought it was because <laughs> you're sorry, right if, <laughs> if if you're trudging through 50 minutes of an album to get to some comic relief for three minutes before finishing off the last you know five minute song then maybe it should have been placed as like an intermission in the middle or something but but it is though it is i guess the larger point a very heavy album with this one kind of quirky three minute moment on it I, I would say I'm not doing very say, well here. No, no, no. Listen, actually, I would say kind of like at the end of moving pictures where they throw in um fucking you know the song that doesn't fit with the rest of them. Like was it not vital signs? Uh, was that the vital signs? Vital signs is we, like we did the an episode police one it. at the end. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So similar to that, you could put this song at the very end as a last song kind of like vital signs at the end of moving pictures right right the song doesn't fit with the rest of them putting it in the middle breaks up the you know kind of gives a little i think maybe putting it at the very end putting it 11th out of 12 is kind of weird in my opinion so if you just flip-flop those two put it at the very end is kind of like a 
here's a throw in at the end to kind of lighten you up before you go hang yourself. That would have been pretty good. <laughs> yeah. And I finally found the comment, but uh, since I paraphrased, <laughs> I won't read most of it, but the person just says it's a bit of relief on the album for the rest from the rest of the gloom. And so, yeah, it is a gloomy record. Anyway, let's move on. Category four piece of crap. Rico malignant machismo. How do you score it? it, it fucking get off my lawn grouchy old you know that's 1.0 dude i i'm not gonna i'm not gonna do my get off my lawn imitation again but yeah this is this is like this is like get off my lawn muchismo so i'm i'm creating a new one this is grouchy this is grouchy old man muchismo you know what I mean? This is like your pants are hiked up to your armpits and you're kind of hunched <laughs> over a little bit and and you've got that that's that like that perma scowl on your face. Even when you're smiling, you can't tell that you're smiling because you just got that perma scowl on your face and you're like, ah that's 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 that that's this type of muchismo. So it's gonna get a one from me on this one for sure. Yeah, I totally agree. Even though it might feel like you and I are disagreeing on this, I'm really in lockstep with you on your scores. It is a hard one for me. This song, in terms of malignant machismo, it is exactly what you described. It's as if you take Clint Eastwood from Gran Torino and oh, set him the music. Yeah, you know? that's the image mm. when I when I was listening. <laughs> if you can see Scott's face right now, when I was that when I was going through this, like Clint Eastwood for Gran Torino. Grant was the, the image in my brain. So <laughs> it's so funny that you brought that up because that is it perfectly. Yeah. So I'm scoring at a one as well. Let's move on to our final category for this. I would say great song, but we might have some debate here, at least on my side. Great song off a great album by Neil Young. <laughs> Piece of crap from Sleeps with Angels. The category culture vulturism. Rico, how do you score? Um, well, um, uh, I, I, it's, I don't have, I'm going to be honest with you. I really have never listened to a ton of Neil Young. This album actually kind of fits in 1994. Like in, when you get to this, this part of the nineties, like when it, we've talked about this a million times, once you get post Kurt Cobain death, like the next three or four or five years, it's anything's possible. Everything's on the table. All styles of music are on the table. And this album fits the style of this album fits really nicely, exactly where it was released. So, uh, and I don't think that, and I listened to the whole album. Um, and so it's totally Neil Young but it also fits within the the time period in which it was released and so i don't think that he he's just didn't doesn't seem like that type of dude that he's so anti-establishment that vulturing somebody is such an establishment type of an anti neil young move that i don't I, this is as honestly this is going to get a zero for me I, I, yeah, I agree. It's a zero as well. I mean, he's the godfather of grunge. So the sound you're hearing on here is is kind of the sound that Crazy Horse had that yeah. a lot of the grunge people, you know, cited as an influence. Um, and, you know, the next record he would go on to do would be a collaboration with Pearl Jam. So, I mean, they were the grunge people. It was called a mirror ball. And so the grunge people were all up all over Neil Young. Neil Young had like this career renaissance in the 90s because of the grunge people, because they were just doing a crazy horse, basically. Because of Pearl Jam, because I looked it up and that's where I was going with this. In 1992, Pearl Jam played at a live performance for the very first time. Keep on rocking in the free world. So because Pearl Jam did that song, it made Neil Young relevant again, right. which gave him the platform to be able to do this album. Yeah. And if in you were my listen, opinion, it, it, it's a great point. I remember that performance and I remember, I actually remember that moment quite well. But if, if you listen to the way Neil Young like approaches the guitar, like if you listen to 
rocking in the free world. Listen to his guitar solo in that, if you want to call it that, right? I mean, it, that was a song that was coming out whenever guitar virtuosity was a thing, right? And he was, so he mm-hmm. was kind of doing this anti virtuosity kind of, again, it was kind of just a grungy sound that he was doing long before these guys. But you're right, Pearl Jam yep. playing that song really kind of like, put him on the map. And then I think Kurt Cobain, including his lyrics and his suicide note kind of cemented him in that role. And I wonder if he felt like an obligation with this record to somehow offer some commentary on it, obviously feeling down with the death of his friend's daughter. And then the suicide of Kurt Cobain, a super down record. But I wonder if he felt like as like the Godfather or the fatherly figure, the elder statesman in music at that time, um, if he felt like some kind of like obligation to comment on it. So many people did. Kurt Cobain's death was like R.E.M. did a song about it. Um, you know, the cult did a song about it. Uh, of course, Neil Young. I mean, so many bands felt like they had to somehow comment on that. True, true. Anyway, so for culture vulturism, I will score it a zero as well. Rico, we're at the point where we tally these things up. What have you got, yep. sir? Well, I've got, let's see, one. I got a total of three points, three points. And I've got three as well for a grand total of. That would be six points. So it, it, once again, Scott, I mean, let's pat ourselves on the back because once again, I hate to repeat myself, but the science fucking works because it always does. The song falls right where it should fall. It's just in the middle someplace. Right. Yeah. And brilliant job of picking news topics that kind of indirectly tie to the subject matter of the song. And that is old man, not being happy with technology. (laughs) 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 So you've, you've managed to creatively uh, insert a through line through the entire episode. So it's almost a themed episode. Thank you very much. Rico. Good new. Totally, totally by design, Scott, right? Of course, of course. Um, yeah, he, how, he lands how, right where he right where he should course. be. Go ahead, buddy. You had something you wanted to hey, say? Um, having having you know done my best, get off my lawn imitation. I I did listen to this whole album. I have to I have to do this. Um, listen to the whole album. L- let me just say that I I haven't. This is the first time I've listened to an entire Neil Young album. I've listened to some other spotty things like man needs a maid. And, you know, we all know his more famous songs, but let me just say that I have to say this it to, to balance out my other self earlier in the episode. I have not listened to a Neil Young song that I didn't think was really good. Like Hmm. every time I listen to a Neil, you just have to, you have to go into it like you go into a Tarantino film. Like you're not going to enjoy it unless you go into it with the right frame of mind. You know what I mean? And it's no different with Neil Young. You have to go into Neil Young with the right frame of mind or else you're not going to like it. But if you go into it right, then you can really appreciate how great of a songwriter he is. He's amazing. He's legendary. I thought this album was superb, man. I mean, the music is is super droning and low and depressing yep. and kind of yep. moody and the, his lyrics are made. I, I honestly, I mean, I think Neil Young is a great legendary songwriter and this album is great. Well, I, I listen, I don't want to get out the tissues, but Neil Young is an artist that gets me in the feels a little bit. Sure. You know? And I think he's got, and he's got the records that are like totally acoustic. One of my all time favorite records is harvest moon. Harvest, the original Harvest from the 70s is great. Of course, it's a classic, but I really love Harvest Moon. And it just has just the most gorgeous acoustic songs on it. And I swear to God, they make me fucking cry. There's a song on there called From Hank to Hendrix. And I just, I mean, I just love And I know he's got a non-traditional singing voice, but there's something about, there's just something about the tone of it. He's got some gravitas to it. There's some great performances on YouTube of him playing. I I just think he's an incredible, incredible songwriter and performer. Piece of crap is in this podcast, we like to pick on things. So we're we're kind of intentionally picking a song that we know is going to hurt him with Boomer. Yeah, dude, this is this this song is like fish in a barrel, right? But you know, it's funny you say about his singing voice. Well, 
does that doesn't Neil Young reinforce what you said in a previous episode about wanting to hear more Ace Freely and yeah. to if you're if you're starting a band, get somebody with a unique voice because that will take you farther than this superb vocalist. Well, Neil Young is far from a superb vocalist, but he can sing on key and he's got a unique voice and he emotes like a motherfucker. And that's and he sells his shit and he's feeling he makes you feel every fucking feeling that he has when he wrote that song and he, he's superb at it and and that's better than having this super stale like ultimate vocalist that you just want to forget about you know what i mean yeah i love the production of the record too agree with all your points and i that's just and that's my preference some people really like people who can just have you know crazy range and can nail everything that's that's great but it's my preference is more of a character singer but I yep. love the I love the production on this record. It sounds like a band recording in a garage. It really has a live sound to it, you know, which I which I really like. It has an authenticity to the to the sure does the backing sure band does. that I think is really 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 cool. Yeah, agree. All right, Rico, we did it, man. We got through it. Another night. Uh, I know. I gotta I gotta go fucking take a lozenge for my voice now. I think I wiped my voice box out with all the fucking screaming i did earlier oh my gosh all right well all right gang i hope your voice is good man it was hilarious (laughs) all right all right gang this has been if you don't know what if you're a boomer out there and you don't know what a podcast is or how to listen to one rico will explain it in a future episode (laughs) you know back in the day i could turn on terrestrial radio and be able to get a fucking people talking a story and telling a show but now i gotta go on the internet to get my fucking what's a podcast anyway what's a pod i don't even know what a pod is Oh, thank you, Rico. All right, gang. It's been Rock and Roll Autopsy. Good night now. Let me have that special rock and roll music. Yeah. Let me tell you, so the lyrics to real rock music is nothing more than satanic cyanide. Get it out of your house, throw it out, and burn it. It has no place in the house of the righteous. Guys, it was like a mistake. There's no mistake anymore. To the dawn, loving to the morning, I'm gone, I'm gone. Follow us on Twitter at RNR Autopsy, or you can send an email to rockandrollautopsy at gmail.com. And if we run across anything good, we'll mention it in a future episode. Thanks for listening. Later. Well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. <laughs> <laughs>